Hi everyone and welcome again to another episode of M365 Voice. My name is Mike Marani and we have Antonio. And I'm Antonio Mayo. And I'm Sarah Hazi. And we are ready for another question from the jar. We're ready to go. Um, it's great to see you both. Let's let's dive in, shall we? Let's do it. Okay. Oh, it's like the world's smallest little question. Um, okay, here we go. Um, I've been hearing a lot about SharePoint hubs lately. Are hubs basically SharePoint site collections? Mm, okay. That's a good question. I get this question a lot, uh, Mike. Um, and if I'm going to tie this to something that I just got asked today, um, I was delivering a user group presentation today, and someone asked me, are basically um, are hubs what you do now with classic subsites? So I think that there's some confusion about hubs, site collections, classic sites, modern sites, right. and how they all fit together. Yes, it is a very common question, absolutely. I always get it whether we are doing just regular talks or project-based, it's a lot of confusion about hub sites. That's right. So yeah. do you want to start? I think it would be great to talk about just to refresh and make sure everyone's on the same page about what do you do if you still have some of those classic SharePoint sites? And what do we mean when we say classic SharePoint sites? And how do you get them to modern um, or flat? And then we can talk from there about hubs. Does that sound like a good strategy for answering this one? I think so. I think so. We have to go that way to understand or to explain it better what a hub site is. Yeah. So I know you do a great session on this, Mike. Do you want to lead us off with talking about sure, classic uh, and the story of what is a classic site and how do you get it to modern? Yeah, so absolutely. Uh, from, a, from a classic perspective, I'm not going to go back really to the 2001-2003 era. It's basically, let's start at 2007 when uh, we, got, we had Moss and there's a lot of templates uh, when you wanted to create a SharePoint site, whether that was um, a team site or a document center or a publishing site or a wiki or an enterprise, whatever that is. We have so many, uh, so many site templates. And this is what actually stayed the same way from 2007 all the way to Office 365 and SharePoint Online in 2013 and 2016 and 2019. And uh, initially Office 365 or SharePoint Online, when they launched, they launched it based on a SharePoint 2013 with classic sites. Up, to, up until three years ago when Microsoft changed the whole architecture and the platform of SharePoint Online to introduce pretty much what we call it modern. So it's all two, uh, two base templates, uh, what we call it a modern uh, team site and, and a communication site. And a communication site is similar to what we used to do, a publishing site back in the day. So you can publish pages and information either back and back with classic you could do it for the for anonymously for the public or as as an intranet so classic sites we always refer to them as the traditional shape on site templates that we're used to since 2007. so mike how does someone take uh classic sites and get them to modern sites because my understanding is your only option really is to rebuild them as modern sites there's no conversion that's yeah, it's correct. Yeah, so there's no, uh, this is a very classic question and a lot of organizations want to take all the classic because probably they started, whether they started online or they are on-prem and they want to migrate into the modern world. Uh, there are no um, 
migration path, if you want to call it. Uh, you cannot just convert a classic site into a modern site. You can put a lipstick on it, you can put a facelift on it and create a modern page, but the actual backend infrastructure it is still a classic. So the only way to take advantage of a full uh, modern site uh, where the performance is better, uh, is built to be for mobile and all the extra bells and whistles with it, you'll have to recreate the site and then migrate the content of that site into into from classic into the model. But there is also a caveat: if you have a publishing site, migrating a, a, a classic pages to a modern pages does not work. They're completely two different architecture, two different structure that you can't really migrate publishing site publishing pages. So you have to recreate those pages manually, unfortunately. And then when you get all of your when you get your sites or all of them that you want to take up because it's important to think about only take and move from classic to modern the sites that you need to maintain probably many of your sites can stay on the vine or die on the vine or don't need to go to that modern experience if you start with modern as you're creating new sites and then move the important things from classic to modern that's the best option rather than moving everything correct and the what you end up with is uh, everyone in Classic had created a lot of subsites. With subsites, we, we had a lot of headaches. One is you have a lot of nested sites, and sometimes your structure or your depth is six, seven, or eight level down, plus a lot of mess around the security permissions. Uh, many of those subsites don't inherit the security from the actual parent. And you end up with a lot of mess. People have access or no access to specific sites and content. So you're going to take that and with modern, we have gone to the flat world. So no more subsites, even though technically you can, it is highly not recommended to go with a subsite in modern world. So you're going to take all your information architecture from a hierarchy perspective and flatten that out, which is a lot of difference, a lot of changes for a lot of users. And now we refer to them as sites, but technically they are site collections, they're not right. sites or subsites. And oh, the horror, because back in the 2000 and SharePoint 2007, 2010, and even 2013 days, we used to think at many organizations that I worked with, we thought if we can manage our volume of site collections <laughs> and have fewer site collections and have more sites within them, we'll be in a better situation to manage our site sprawl in SharePoint. Now we've thrown all that completely out the window. Now we have entirely flat. Every site is its own site collection. Yep. Everything is flat, and now we use this concept of SharePoint hubs to be able to start tying things together, but in a completely new way. And this is what I think is hard for site owners to understand because they understand a site collection. So now we don't call it a site collection because every site is its own site collection. We use this term hub. But here's the difference between a site collection and a hub. And I know we've talked about this before, so I'll keep it brief. But a site collection is a physical hierarchical uh, grouping of sites in parent-child relationships grouped together in a site collection. A hub is a logical way to connect multiple SharePoint sites together, not based on any physical tie, but only on a logical tie. So the sites don't move, their URLs don't change, their parent-child relationships don't change because they're all just flat and we're basically just connecting the dots between our flat SharePoint sites using hubs. Exactly. And a hub site is a site collection in itself. So a site, a um, any modern site, right? It, it's its own site collection, but any site could be elevated to become a hub. 
Uh, and then you associate other sites to that hub. But yes, the hub itself is made up of a site, a modern site. Yeah, that's a better way to refer to it. Yeah, so if to make it easier for the audience, uh, if they are used to the site collection and subsites and they say, I want to inherit the security, I want to inherit the navigation. If I've done a lot of branding around the site collection, everything is pushed down. Um, think about the hub site. This is it kind of solves that issue for you. When, like, like you said, you elevate that site to be a hub site. Technically, a hub site is, so you have to create a site first before you make it as a hub. And then it will offer you this virtual umbrella that will group all those sites together. So you can go and associate a site with a hub and it will automatically inherit the actual navigation. It will inherit the, uh, and the branding and a lot of features as well that the hub site will offer to all the other sites. I like the way that you call that. It's a virtual umbrella. It's not an actual umbrella. Um, it's a virtual umbrella. I think that's a great way to think about it. Um, and the important part about, and hubs are growing and hubs are changing. Um, I think that it's important to realize that Microsoft is continuing to evolve this idea of what a hub could be. But I do think it's important to think about it that you can associate a site to one hub at a time. You can change which hub you're associated with. So if your department moves between um, the sales division and the Americas division, um, all you have to do if you want to change which hub it's associated with is reassociate it to the other hub so it can move from the sales hub to the Americas hub and the branding and everything will change and that's just a couple seconds. But it doesn't change the URL of the site or where the site's located. It's yeah. just a field switch. Yeah, that's correct. And I, I actually think that's a really useful feature and capability, especially when you think of big organizations and reorgs that they go through. Like if you think back to days of the past where we had site collections and subsites and a site collection might designate a department and subsites might designate teams within that department. Um, that was really difficult to manage when you had a reorg because you necessarily had to do a migration of sites if you wanted to realign navigation and look and feel and other aspects of site collection to subsite. With hub sites, you can simply, um, you know, depending on what what level your sites kind of reference, you can simply um, reconnect them to a different hub and then have a different set of news and navigation and theme roll down or, or get aggregated up. I agree entirely. And it's important to think about how we talk about hubs inside of our organizations, because I find that that's where a lot of the confusion resides, where people think it's like a site collection. And I'll give you a specific as to why. Um, many times my users will come to me and say, how do I get a new SharePoint site? And back in the SharePoint 2007, 2010, 2013 days, most of the time they really meant a site collection. And so some of them learned how to say, I need a new site collection. Now they say, I need a new hub because they've heard of the word hub, but they don't actually understand what a hub means. And we know that only Office 365 admins and SharePoint admins can create hubs. So you have to be either a SharePoint admin or an Office 365 admin. So there has to be some kind of a process where your users are going to engage and request a hub. And then you need to determine, is that going to go through an approval process or who's going to fulfill the request? And so one of the things that I've encouraged and that I've talked to multiple companies about building is a simple use Microsoft forms, if you will, but create a simple request form and ask them some basic questions. And my top three questions are, do you want to have a site where you associate sites to it to have common theme and branding? 
if the answer is yes, then you're on the right path, but maybe you need a hub. How many sites do you want to associate to your hub? If they say one, none, one or two, then you have to say maybe they don't understand what a hub is. So I know my recommendation is start with something like five. If you don't have at least three to five sites that you want to associate with your hub, maybe what you're thinking of is that you're trying to ask for a site or a site collection, not a hub. So I think having some basic questions will help the users to understand what they're asking for, because we shouldn't just take them at their word if they don't know what the new terminology is. Exactly. So I have a couple of questions. If you're in an environment where your information architecture is very well defined, right? You have people internally or consultants that help you define an information architecture. Where does hubs factor in there into your, because it feels like a component that should be part of your information architecture because it's about grouping sites together. And I know that there's some work happening with the new content type gallery and hubs as well. So where does hub sites factor into an IA, an information architecture? Um, and the way I look at it is it's no different than before. Okay. Uh, if I want to group the actual size or departments or whatever architecture it is together, uh, the way I've done it before, when we always push for the site collection and multiple subsites, I will try to explain it to, to, the, to the clients and the users in the same way. So we are, have a whole bunch of sites and we're going to have to group them together. Let's take those whole bunch of sites, let's say departments on one side, projects on the other side, maybe clients, and group them that way. So we they are in the same hub. So I, I will I will drive it similar to the traditional information architecture way. Uh, so it it makes a little bit more sense for them. That way they are together. All those topics sites are together. Yeah. Okay. The one thing that I tend to see is that organizations I think either haven't stepped into the hub space yet because they're not really sure what to make of these hubs, or if they have, they've started doing things with them, but they don't necessarily see an information architecture path yet, or they don't understand that there's going to need to be governance around the hubs. And what kind of governance, I think, depends a lot on your organizational size, culture, and requirements, especially when it comes to regulatory requirements. But um, I, th I think especially if you are an organization of size, and I'm going to say not a small to mid-sized, but a large organization, you're still going to have to think about things about how you want to manage and govern your hubs, especially because there is still that limit, right? We can only right. have 2,000 hubs per tenant, and that's not a theoretical limit. If you have 2,000 hubs and you go to create your 2,001st, you're going to get a red error message, and it will not allow you unless you deduct one hub, right? So unless you... Um, decommission a hub, if you will, or de-elevate it. De I don't even know what that word would be, but unless you remove a hub, you can't add a new hub. So if you're working in a small to mid-sized organization, not a problem. But Antonio, you and I work with a lot of, and Mike, I think too, huge yeah. enterprises. And if you're working for a huge enterprise, 2,000, you could get to pretty quickly unmanaged oh, within a year or two. So oh, now yeah think about it and are you going to start segmenting out where legal gets a hub or five or communications gets a yeah. hub or five? yeah exactly. so it no longer becomes a matter of whoever wants a hub if they answer your questions which i thought were really good if they answer your questions they get a hub it becomes much more of a you have to think harder about um when do you use a hub because you as you start to approach that limit 
Yeah. Yeah, very true. And the next questions I get, and um, I would like to get your opinion on, is people are still used to managing security from the top bottom, even though um, has gone away. Mm -hmm. But does the hub offer the same thing? So like, they can they I manage that from the hubs at the hub level. On a limited basis now, yes. So they just rolled out this year, I think it was this summer. So within the last few months, they've now rolled out a hub permissions option. Um, so if you are a hub site owner, meaning you um, own a site that has been elevated to a hub, um, you can go into the site, um, uh, sorry, to the permissions for your site. And there is now gonna be two tabs on there. There will be a tab for your site permission for your hub site itself, and then a tab for the hub, for the overall hub. Now it's turned off by default. So by default, if you associate, so if Antonio and Mike, you both associate a site to a hub that I own, by default, nothing will change on your site's permissions when you associate to my hub. But I, as the hub site owner, could go in and I can now go in and choose to enable me to have some controls over your site permissions based on the fact that you associated to my hub. And it's mainly intended, I believe, so that I could go and ensure that everyone who has access to my to my hub will have at least read-only access to your sites merely based on the fact that you're associated with my hub. Right. Interesting. And then after you've set that up, if you know go add another site to the hub, does it also have the same impact on permissions or do you have to do it again? It's a toggle switch at the hub site level, so it's either on or off, but once it's on, it would be on for any sites associated with the hub. Now, the one thing, and I haven't tested this yet, but Microsoft has said, and I like this, that they clean up after themselves when they go home at the end of the party, meaning that if both of you associate your sites to my hub, um, and then Antonio, you disassociate from our hub, right? Um, that whatever permissions that I, as a hub site, um, enabled for people to get read-only access to your site will be disabled when you unplug from the hub. So when you disassociate from the hub, you won't carry those with you. And I really like that feature because as a site owner, so you number to go looking for that. Yeah, so my site will revert back to the permissions it used to have. Okay, and is it only read-only permissions? Like what's it actually doing there? Is it synchronizing permissions down to the sites within the hub? Now you're asking me such good questions that I haven't played enough with yet to know the answer. Same here. I haven't actually played with it. Okay. I'm assuming it would add it to the visitors group and technically in the SharePoint site. I think it, I always thought it was more intended to grant read-only access. So that way you wouldn't constantly from a hub experience perspective, come into a hub and then find a site where you didn't have read-only access. I think that that is the intent, but to me that makes sense as the intent. Because granting read-write access to all of those sites, I would think would be, from a security perspective, could be a nightmare. A bigger decision, absolutely. Okay, mm -hmm. maybe that's a question for another podcast. I like that. Um, one, one question I did have, though, is do hub sites affect, and this I truly don't know, do, subs, do sub sites affect Microsoft Teams, sorry, do hub sites affect Microsoft Teams at all? So you know how you can take a SharePoint team site and you can teamify it? Right. If your site is a hub, does that affect its ability to have a team fronting the site or teamify it? No. Not at all, okay. But neither do, am I aware of any extra features that you get in Teams because your site, if you have a team, 
and its SharePoint site behind that team has been hubified. It doesn't get you anything inside the team as far as I'm aware. Exactly. Anything extra. Okay. And the other scenario is can I, and this is common in larger organizations, if I can hub, associate a hub site with another hub site. So you'll have multi level hub sites. Not yet. And that, that's actually common. They said they announced last year at Ignite that it was supposed to be coming, associating hub sites to one another. So if you think right. about it, that we could have a, when you have a hub, you get automatically a skirt, a, a search scope, sorry, that automatically can search all the sites in the hub. And if you associate hubs, one of the reasons to do that would be that you have a search scope that now virtual umbrellas, all of the virtual yeah. umbrellas in the hubs that are associated. They said it was coming this year, but we, I haven't seen anything about when yet. That's correct. Yeah. And the, the, the this is, will, will solve some of the issues with big organizations, take like legal or HR with in, in different countries and everyone has their own rules so you can hubify another hub i guess uh but so i think the, the big challenge could be search like you said the search scope yeah. will have to go where, where how do you cross your search across multiple multiple sites multiple sites yeah great so maybe a thought if we wanted to circle it all the way back to the beginning as we wrap up this episode mike did you know little trivia point did you know that you can take a classic SharePoint site and you can associate it to a hub? You can, absolutely. You can. That yes. doesn't make it a good idea, but you it can. Absolutely, don't do it, but you can. <laughs> so maybe we should tell them why it's not a great idea. Well, uh, the, if you, you go into the modern world, so if you try, like it is, it is. if you wanna, you, you already have with that site, you already are associated somehow. If it's on the site question on its own and it has all those subsites, you're going to get lost with all those navigations. So you're going to be way too many navigations and the end user are going to be lost where they are. Uh, second is if you're taking that step towards the modern world, might as well transform all your sites to modern. I know it will be probably in some organization with quite a bit of work, but uh, take it one step at a time. I would agree. I think it would provide a really disjointed experience for the user if you know some of your sites were modern and then others were classic. Uh, as you're navigating through a hub. It can, and then um, another thing to keep in mind, if you don't have a modern page as the home page for your classic site, you may not see the hub site navigation bar that will show up on all of the other sites associated with your hub. So results may vary That's on right. what you see and what the experience is on those classic sites. So while you can do it think twice, um, I wouldn't use hubs as a reason to not move your classic sites to modern. If anything, hubs is an even stronger reason to complete that effort. Agreed. I agreed. Well, that was a very uh, interesting topic, a topic that we all talk about probably on a weekly basis. Thank you both. It was a great question, and we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye.